Lightning Bug Radio Theater presents The City Burns at Night. The place is Hollywood, the year 1947. In our last chapter, while digging deeper on the arson story, intrepid reporter Tom Miller found himself caught between two women, the sweet and lovely Trudy Wilkes and the beautiful and sultry Irene Fay. Join us now for Chapter 3, Scorching at Midnight. I booked it over to the motel as fast as I could and parked across the street. There was no sign of Irene, so I figured I must have gotten there first. But then she walked off from behind the bungalows and ran over to my car. How did you get here? Where's your car? I took a cab. Oh, Tom, I'm so frightened. I I'm scared Kelman may find me and even more scared of what he might do. Don't worry. Nothing's going to happen. I'll see to that, I promise. I, I just don't know what to do. I'm afraid to sleep in my own home. Look, I tell you what. I'll get you a room here at this motel, and you can stay here as long as you'd like. You'd do that for me? Sure. Now, don't you worry about staying. Here we are, bungalow 16. Are you going to be okay here by yourself? Oh, I, I think I'd feel a lot safer if I knew you were going to be here with me. I don't know about that. Please. Oh, all right. Yeah. I don't seem to have anything to sleep in. <laughs> Could I borrow your shirt for the evening? Uh, yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> Let me just take it off. Here you go. Thank you. If you'll excuse me a minute. Uh, sure. You go right ahead. Miller, you've done some crazy things in your life, but this one, buddy, takes the cake. Well, the chair didn't look too comfortable, but I slept in worse. What are you doing in that chair? The bed is much more comfortable. I'm not so sure. Oh, please. <laughs> Come over here with me. I promise I'll behave. Please, Tom, I can't sleep all by myself. But you're not alone. I'm right here. But you're all the way across the room in the chair. You know it's not comfortable. Well, there's plenty of room on the bed. You'll be much better off here beside me. And I'll be better off, too. Oh, all right. Won't you hold me? I thought you said you were going to behave. <laughs> you should know better than to trust me by now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to get some sleep. Good night. Yeah, good night. Needless to say, I didn't get much sleep that night staying there with Irene. The next morning, I left while she was still dozing. I figured I'd better show my face at the office, so I went over there first thing. Had I known I was in for a warm reception, I'd have steered clear of the place. Hey, pal, you're Tom Miller, ain't you? 
You work here at the Chronicle, right? Yeah, you basket. I got a message for you. have you been? I tried calling you till all hours of the morning. Well, I hope it was important because there was another fire last night. An old bungalow down on Mulholland. I finally had to send Pinkman out to cover it. And it, what happened to your face? Some big monk was waiting for me up front this morning with a message from Frank Helmer. Oh, maybe I ought to take you off of this story. No. I'm sorry about missing the scoop, Mr. Jenkins, but please, I know I'm on the right track. Last night I found out Kelman's been after Irene Faye. Now it's only a matter of time before he shows his face. Then we've got our story. Well, I just hope you live to write it. Hey, you remember that George Matthews fellow you asked me to check out? The one who was checked into that shady motel? Yeah. Well, I did, and I couldn't find a thing. It's, it's as if the guy never existed. That's all right. I'm sure Kelman's our man. Here you go, two salami sandwiches on rice. Oh, Tom, what happened? Some big luck, you'll be going into work this morning. I want you to back off the story I'm working on. It's, it's nothing. You mind if I sit down, then? Oh, come on, there's an empty booth right here. You look awful. Are you sure you're all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I could use a good hot cup of coffee, though, and maybe a sandwich. Sure, I'll get it for you right away. I almost forgot. I called William Way, the director. Guess what? What? He wants to give me a screen test this evening at 5.30. That's fantastic. Yes, and I owe it all to you. Now, you just sit right here, and I'll have your coffee and sandwich in a jiffy. After I left Trudy, I went straight back to the motel to check up on Irene. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing back there. Sometimes I think I must be a glutton for punishment. Still, I had to make sure she was all right. Irene, it's me. Hey, pal. I don't know who you are, but there ain't no Irene here. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, big fellow, really. My apologies. Pookie Bear, who's at the door? Uh, ain't nobody dodges some bum. How about we get back into the sack, eh? Well, Irene must not have been too scared, because she sure didn't stick around very long. As long as I was there, I decided to see if my old pal at the front desk knew anything. Excuse me. I rented Bungalow 16 last night for a young lady friend, and she's not there anymore. Oh, yes, sir. Let me just see. Just let me check the registry. Bungalow 16. Yes, yeah, she checked out earlier this morning. Uh, are you Tom Miller? That's right. She left a message for you. Here. Meet me at my place tonight, 7 p.m. sharp, Irene. I told Trudy I'd take her to the studio for a screen test, but that was all right. I had plenty of time to drop her off and still make it over to Irene. What, are you nervous? Of course I'm nervous. <laughs> what do you think, silly? Listen, don't you worry about a thing, sweetheart. You just go in there and knock them dead. Hey, you're going to do great, I promise. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Hey, you need a ride home? I know, that's okay. I'll take a cab. 
Who knows? He might even go home in a limo tonight. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> well, whatever happens, I know I owe it all to you. Thanks. Oh, I bet I smudged my lipstick. Better check it. You need a mirror? No, I've got my compact right here. Oops, I did smudge it. Don't want to go in looking like this. I'll just fix it. Hmm, there, that's better. Oh, I don't have a tissue. Uh, do you have a tissue, anything I can soften my lips with? A uh, paper, a tissue, yeah, anything? Yeah, sure. Wait, uh, yeah, I've got a scrap of paper here in my coat pocket. Yeah, okay, that's better. Thank you. Good luck. I'll call you later. Then we can go out and celebrate. You've got a deal. I love you. for nearly an hour. Wow, that's a real Oscar sitting on his desk. Mmm, sure is heavy. I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, Miss Wills, but I had to retake that last shot before we wrapped. That's quite all right, Mr. Wade. Now, let's see. About your screen test. Yes? I have to admit, it's probably the best screen test I've ever seen. It really is. I think you have a natural talent. If we captured on film what I saw in there, the sky is the limit. Really? Absolutely. Now, as soon as we get the film developed, I'll show your test to Louis. That's Louis Wahlberg. He owns the studio, you know. Then we'll decide whether or not to sign you to a contract. Do you think my chances are good? Good, to say the least. I think your chances are excellent. Now, generally, in cases like these, he looks to me for the decision. But I'm not sure what you mean. Well, we want to know things like, ooh, how cooperative you are. And if you are very cooperative, I can get you a contract written in gold. Mr. Wade, I'm still not quite sure what you mean. Look, sweetheart, let me make this as clear as I can. If you want to get anywhere in this business, you've got to give a little something. Mr. Wade, please, you tore my blouse. You take one step towards me and I'll... Like you with his Oscar. You stupid little twit. Nothing in this business is free. If you want your star on the boulevard, you've got to dance with the band, and I'm the band, capiche? Well, if that's true, then I don't want any part of it. I know a certain reporter who'd love to tell the world what kind of slimy, no-good pervert sit up here in Hollywood seducing young women under <laughs> casting couches. What's so funny? Well, if you mean Miller, the flyboy from the Chronicle, who got you this screen test, I've got news for you. He is no saint. What are you talking about? Oh, he's been keeping time with Irene Faye, the biggest little tramp ever to hit Beverly Hills. They were at a party just the other night together, where she slapped him for trying to kiss her in public, like it was some big secret. I don't believe you. You're lying. <laughs> you poor girl. You poor, poor naive. Girl. You're wrong, I tell you, you're wrong. You're taking your stupid Oscar getting out of here. Okay, lady, we're here. Some of your apartments. That'll be 75 cents. All right, I, I've got it right here in my purse. What's this note? It's that slip of paper Tom gave me. Meet me at my place tonight, 7 p.m. sharp, Irene. So Mr. Wade was telling the truth. 
Hey, lady, you okay back there? I, I've changed my mind. Could you take me to Beverly Hills? Sure thing, lady, whatever you say. This has been Chapter 3 of The City Burns at Night, Scorching at Midnight. In this episode, Tom Miller was played by Tom Haynes. Trudy Wilkes was played by Summer Sanford. Irene Fay was played by Jennifer Cooley. And Mr. Jenkins was portrayed by Peter Shelfo. Additional voices were performed by Eric Devitt, Tatiana Guy, and Jay Shapiro. Music was written and performed by Hal Stevens. And live sound effects were performed by Roel Borman. Script by Roger Olford and direction by Robbie Stone. This has been a production of Lightning Bug Films. Visit us on the web at lightningbugfilms.com.